music, athletics, arts, and entertainment. The Desert Tiger Podcast with Colton Geschwader. All right, and it is the DTP here with me, Colton G, on Tuesday, October 24th for what is our second bonus Tuesday episode, our episode 5. That's right, episode 5 here in our flagship month number 1. We're keeping them coming at you. And today we have Beauty Killed the Beast from Regina, Saskatchewan coming at you here. We are going to talk to them about exactly who they are and how they ended up meeting. We're going to talk to the We're going to talk to them about where does their name come from. We're going to talk to them about their first EP that they released in January of this year called Here's Hoping. And we're going to talk to them about a couple of the songs on that EP. But before we get into that, how to apply to be our song of the day. To apply to be our song of the day, you email us here at the Desert Tiger Podcast at desert.tiger.podcast at gmail.com. You can find us at Desert Tiger Entertainment on Facebook, Desert Tiger Pod on Twitter, and Desert Tiger Podcast on Instagram. All these platforms work for getting a hold of us. You can get all these platforms work for getting a hold of us, and you can get a hold of us with a description of your band and a link to where to listen to the song. If I enjoy what I hear, we will consider putting you on a song for one of our future episodes that do not feature an artist, like we had with episode one with Danny Duggan. We are going to have an upcoming episode with a football player that I'm very excited to have coming up. So we are looking, keeping our eyes open, keeping our ears listening for what could be our possible next song of the day from you, our listeners. So keep them coming in, keep them rolling in. And today, without further ado, we're going to get to who our guest is. And our guest is Beauty Killed the Beast out of Regina, Saskatchewan. Beauty Killed the Beast is an alternative crossover style of music that is less prominent in the Saskatchewan music scene. Their approach is to incorporate each member's diverse influences, those being pop, punk, metal, prog, and a little bit of soul train for you, brother. And blend them all together in a nice little witch pot to create a sound that is original, accessible, and makes you want to tap your toes and move your feet. So, without any further ado, we are going to get into Habits by Beauty Killed the Beast.
Desert Tiger Podcast. Alright, and welcome Beauty Killed the Beast from Regina, Saskatchewan to the Desert Tiger Podcast. Can you please introduce yourselves and what you play in the band? Okay, I'll start. Uh, my name is Brett Horton, and I play drums in the band and occasionally assist with backing vocals. Uh, my name is Michael Leash. I play lead guitar and vocals. My name is Jordan Black. I play bass and occasionally backup vocals. And my name is Matt Cummer, and I play guitar and sing. All right, awesome. Uh, how did you guys all end up meeting each other, and how long have you been a band? It's a long story, a I guess. Long story. Be <laughs> hey, we have thirty minutes to sixty minutes, so okay, cool. go yeah, hard. Okay, well, I can start this one. Um, so I've known, I guess, this is Matt talking, by the way. <laughs> Mike, the longest. Because we went to elementary school together, but we were, what, two grades apart? Mm-hmm. So we weren't really, like, friends or anything, but I heard you play guitar when my friend's brother um, told me that he was better at guitar hero than me, and I was like, ha, no freaking way, that's not true, but turned out he was, and then uh, <laughs> I, I don't think that. I talked to him about, like, playing until high school, mm-hmm. it was, like, grade maybe 10 or 11 for me, Um and I like I've been wanting to be in a band for a while, so I was like, wanted to do something. So I messaged him. And mm-hmm. I think it must have been grade ten about doing the talent show with me. Yeah, and we like talked about we were gonna do a cover of Violet Hill by uh, Coldplay. Coldplay, and like learned it, and then we we're gonna do it. I don't know why we didn't end up doing it, but I don't know. And just it, yeah, ended up playing Wonderwall <laughs> by yeah. myself, um, and then didn't really do anything with Mike until later, and then I dated. A friend of Brett's, and that's how I met Brett. That's how we hooked up. Yeah, and then I was like, "Oh, a drummer, cool." Because like, there's not that many musicians in high school, especially when you're in like a small town. It's like you don't. It's hard to find because no one's like, "Hey, I'm a musician," just like sticking out their hand up. Especially in your guys' style of music. Yeah, of especially that. Yeah, there's lots of, like classic kind of rockers or whatever, mm-hmm. but not that many kind of punk. Whatever. And I only had one friend at the time who could yeah. play, who could play guitar and he was okay. Mm-hmm. So when I met Matt, I was like, oh, sick. We actually got something here. Because yeah. Matt and I went to the same, we were in the same grade when we met basically in high school, but that's when we kind of started realizing that maybe we should get together and play some music. Yeah. Yeah. And then we didn't end up doing anything until the, there was the fashion uh, show. The fashion right? show, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so for the grade 12 fashion show, I was like, I want to do something. You had three performances that night. Yeah. That was, that was a big... <laughs> Big performance night for me, but Brett played with one of them, and then what did he do? The fray? Yeah, the fray. How to save, save a life? life. <laughs> good choice. Very good choice. Weird choice, kind of. Though. Drums were exactly literally complicated, just drums, but, yeah. <laughs> but we we made it work. So okay. yeah, I've had uh, my band in the past to ask me to play a song that had no bass at all, <laughs> and insist that there was bass. So <laughs> well, you get to make up your own part. That's though. funny. You, you I just I just stood dancer. there and made them look stupid. So. <laughs> Yeah, that was mine and Matt's first uh, first get together. Yeah, and that would have been grade twelve, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. then that was when like finally like kind of got together, actually did something, and then um, I knew I definitely wanted to do the talent show that year. So I talked to Brett, and then I'm like, I remembered like having talked to Michael in the past, and he was already interested in playing. So then I was like, hey, I mm-hmm. so you came over to my house. One yeah, day. I could do a full <laughs> band thing this time. Like we got a drummer. So I texted Mike, he's like, yeah, I'm down. So he got together, and then we got um, our friend AJ, <laughs> got him to play bass, because he was kind of learning, and he did that, and then we played four songs, like... Uh, one original, yeah, one, one original. medley of all the pop current medley. pop hits, and two straight-up covers, and 
it was a blast. Yeah. It was outdoors, and everyone loved it. The applause was huge. We won. Um, not that I'm bragging, but it was. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like, well, we but it was cool because it was kind of like what we do is they after they said that we won, we're like, well, we actually have another song if you let us play more because <laughs> 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 we always have one in the in the tank, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that was really cool because then we then we got to play a fourth song and then. Um, yeah, after that day, we kind of started realizing that, hey, maybe we should do this a little more frequently. Maybe there's something here. Yeah. It just came together super easy. Like, I don't know. We didn't have that many practices. We, we just gelled. But, like, yeah, it was right away, it was like, oh, this is, it felt natural. So we just kind of, mm-hmm. like, after the talent show, me and Brett, <laughs> me and Brett were graduating that year. Um, so we wouldn't have seen Mike again, but we are like, you know, we want to keep practicing, so we kept playing. It was, oh, just went from there. We wrote a lot, and we really played. We played, like, a... Like maybe two shows in one year, kind yeah, of thing. Nothing, nothing. But didn't really like sure. pursue it that much. But yeah. like, ja- like kept jamming. Like didn't like became good friends as well as bandmates, and just kept getting together after that for like five, six years. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess if it was you guys graduated in 2010. Yeah. So it's like from there to I guess 2014, yes. 2015. Yeah. When we eventually met Jordan. Yeah. And that's yeah. We had a we had a different Jordan, we had a different Jordan, <laughs> yeah, Jordan one for what do we do? We put up flyers at Long McQuaid, yeah. And then and we, he did. Re- he texted yeah. me, and I'm like, oh, this guy's like serious. This random guy. One he he said he had a musical background, and I said, come over for a jam one day, and he did. And he was he was a good dude. He, we we uh, we played maybe two shows total with him, and, rec- yeah. and recorded one or two, two songs. songs. Yeah. But uh, didn't work out with him. He wasn't really into it, and, and he wasn't loving it anymore. So flash forward a couple of years, Jordan number two comes into the fold, and he's his girlfriend now wife is best friends with Matt's girlfriend. So just nice big family thing we got going. Yeah, here. worked out really well. We went out for uh, supper and drinks. Me and my girlfriend with uh, Jordan and his. And then he's he's like, yeah, I play bass. I'm like, oh, we could actually <laughs> ding, ding. We could use a bassist. Do you want to come jam? And he's I'm like, actually interested. Yeah, it worked out. He's like, yeah, I'd love to come. And then he did. And went really well. Like again, just gelled well. Like you can have, you can tell him like it's gonna work out. And mm-hmm. just like it went really well. And then like the next day, I got a text from Brett just being like, oh, that guy was awesome. <laughs> he's yeah. in. And just yeah, so that was it. And then we were like, hey, this is it. So let's start playing. So then let's we, get yeah. serious. Yeah. It wasn't until like after Jordan joined where we like took the name like Beauty Killed the Beast and actually started seriously writing and jamming and performing as that so yeah, yeah we've been called a couple of names over the years but yeah we, we won't we're now that. we're now beauty yeah. <laughs> yeah this is the final one all right well we won't ask you about the other names <laughs> then but where does the name beauty killed the beast come from well, Matt, Mike, and I are big movie buffs. That's kind of one thing we immediately bond. Well, over. you're a movie buff. <laughs> well, fine, Matt fine. I'm, like I'm the main one, but Brett Buster is the movie buff. But we are movie enthusiasts. Sure. Yeah. And <laughs> Brett Buster. Woo woo. So we tried to come up with some cool, a, a just a cool sounding name. So we all threw out some ideas, and I think it was Mike who stumbled upon that one. No, that was no, it was you. Matt. Yeah, because oh. I was literally just going through it, like Famous we wanted something course. to do with yeah to do with movies because we're like oh we like movies. So I literally just like found a list of famous movie quotes and just <laughs> yeah, put the ones like, into the chat that I liked. There's like, a lot of dumb make ones. my day. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Just went, like That's literally right. any like movie quote or significant thing we could think of, yeah. we just like threw it in the chat. Yeah, it's funny because a lot of people think it's like a a Disney thing. Yeah, but beauty. It's, yeah. it's not at all. It's uh, it's actually a line from the original King Kong, right after uh, 
he's killed. They say like spoiler alert. Spoiler alert for a movie from the thirties. Original King Kong before. So yeah, that's uh, when we we started. Like we really that name stuck, and we. Uh, we we did end up kind of incorporating a bit of Disney with the you, we stuck we took took the rose from yeah with like the artwork and stuff yeah like the whole castle idea and yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but mo- for the most part it comes from King Kong okay yeah. uh, you guys actually released your first EP here's hoping earlier this year what was recording it like and who did you record with that was a lot of fun uh, we went with Jared at Nebulous Entertainment out in Moose Jaw. Um, Matt had worked with him previously with a cadence that would have been. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, it went well for Matt the first time around, so we just figured out we might as well go with what we know. Yeah, yeah. Jared's a super good dude. He really helped us out. He helped us design the artwork for the album. He gave us guidance, and he got us on our... You guys went on Moose Jaw Radio. Yeah, yeah, he has some good connections. And he's very good about, like, uh, giving an opinion... But not being like you have to do this, or the song's going to be ruined. But you've had it. Which we, we've, we've had, had with some producers. So he's not very overbearing. No, he's not at all. Like if you don't yeah. do what he said, he's, he's not like sitting there pouting. He's like, okay, that's okay. He's just, oh, that's good. He says, yeah. try this. We'll see how it sounds. Yeah, he has a lot of experience too. So he had a lot of comments and stuff that we yeah. really really liked. But again, like Matt said, he wasn't you know pushy to do it his way or anything. He just mm-hmm. if he had something good to offer, he would. And yeah, yeah. and, and he, uh, he had a lot of like good ideas too. So it was nice. The process itself was really quick and organic I'd say like after Jordan joined is when we really started I think most of the songs after Jordan on the EP were what we wrote yeah I there's maybe like a few ideas a couple like deep cuts that we brought yeah. back but and uh, then, yeah so then after he joined we got like getting them down the structures and the lyrics and writing and then we recorded the EP like in a total of about seven or eight days yeah, with like eight days. extra yeah. eight days so it was yeah it was good it was like gave us the initiative to get the songs written and all finished because then and then once we got in the studio it just just like pretty much just banged out a song a day and then yeah. it was quick 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 and it was exciting to like wake up and go to the studio every week yeah, or every nice. Few it was days. a nice change of regular work for me at least yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah it was awesome and we'd definitely do it again yeah good experience that's good uh what is your guys' song writing process like um um, it varies. Generally speaking, it'll start out with um, usually either me or Mike kind of writing like a guitar part, um, or like a whole the whole song of guitar part yeah. or a riff, a riff, a bass line structure, yeah, some kind of something. Um, <laughs> and then we'll take it usually to the group, kind of be like, sometimes we'll just like, hey, I have this riff, start playing, and just everyone just does their own thing and see what happens. And we've had a couple of songs where like we just literally start playing and then end up playing the whole song right through on that first try, and then mm-hmm. come back and write like lyrics and stuff after that. It always makes us laugh. Yeah, so it can be like a like from a single riff to like a full structured song, or even just a couple lines of lyrics and or a yeah. chorus. But and then basically. like occasionally I'll have like a song where I have all the vocals and stuff done, and then I'll kind of have ideas. And then Mike's the same way where he could have like a song, like his vocals and guitar part pretty much done. And then ideas for what they like, what we want for I don't know, drums or bass lines, like kind of already envision the song. And sometimes mm-hmm. it'll be like that too. So it'll, it could be like either just completely organic or kind of come to it pre made. Yeah. Okay. So without like, when me and Matt, if we start with something, we try to, for the most part, make it like really collaborative. And there can be like points where we butt heads, but I think yeah. it's like 
Okay, I think like well, because you've you've made it in your head. Yeah, you, you, bring, you finally bring it to the table, and then yeah. So yeah. for the most part, they'll come to me sometimes with a drum part in mind, or at least just the speed, or the rhythm that they want, and then I'll create play my it own. wrong. Yeah, <laughs> I'll come with my own interpretation, or I'll or I'll you know bend over and let them make, <laughs> make me do it. Mm-hmm. But, but I, for know. the most part, it's it is a collaborative process. We all we all come to the table with ideas. We'll we'll talk about it afterwards. We'll rewrite. We'll rewrite and re regroup the song and and that's kind of how it works honestly yeah. we just play the hell out of it mm-hmm. and uh yeah i think like even though there's the like butting heads and that tension i think it's a good thing because it just kind of yeah you don't makes want the song the yeah. best it can be don't want one person coming in with idea and then it's literally just one person's idea highway or the highway yeah because <laughs> like when you have different people who are like no i don't really love that then you get like this kind of mixture of different styles becoming like a better kind of more original song rather than just one person's kind of this song you can have like a cooperation sort of thing in an yeah. equilibrium instead of one person trying to tell people to write something that they don't want to play yeah exactly yeah, yeah. you mentioned cooperation mike said collaboration i think those are really important into with a little bit of frustration yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure but well, they're you important for creating the songs that are like un- uniquely beauty killed the beast like without yeah you know in an, if there's something that somebody doesn't like again we'll speak up and say it but there's always an effort to try well what if we try this you know, mm-hmm. we'll you know always I try don't like it. this but yeah. can we try something else and, and through that process we end up you know sometimes the songs don't change very much but sometimes they change quite a bit and mm-hmm. typically mm-hmm. for the better so yeah well yeah. sometimes you have to go through different things to realize that what you had originally is best for the song right? yeah. Yeah. yeah that happens yeah. lots of times too, and it's right? it it's like We've having frustration a few times. Yeah. it makes you guys kind of compete with each other and push each other to do better work which is mm-hmm. always a better yeah and sometimes you'll have like a like a whole song thought out in your head and then some like one of the other members will throw out an idea that you wouldn't have even thought of and it's like that's cool so it's yeah, yeah. or you're like no this sucks but then you try it and then you're like oh crap this is actually cool yeah <laughs> and then you like want to bite your tongue it's like okay i guess we can do this yep <laughs> there's been so many times where it's like can we just try it this way and one of us is like nope and then we do it that way and then it's like they're just like oh yeah that is actually good mm-hmm. but yeah it works out like that's the that's the main thing is just agreeing on at least trying the ideas mm-hmm. and then I mean you know right away when you hear it like that if it doesn't sounded sound right, right or, or if it's yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and sometimes it just takes a little bit more practice yeah to, just to getting used that to that change because you've been playing it one way for so mm-hmm. long but for, yeah for the most part we'll always we're always open to trying it at least hearing everybody out and then we'll decide from there mm-hmm. alright cool uh, let's go over one or some of your tracks off of Here's Hoping um, let's talk about Make a Sound what's the idea behind that one? Um, that one's like lyrically. Well, lyrically, energetically, like yeah. Well, I I try to kind of when I'm writing lyrics, like I'll I'll always start the song, like I'll write the guitar part first for sure, and then the melody, and then make sure that the kind of the message or the lyrics of the song fit the vibe of the song. Mm-hmm. Like obviously you're not gonna have some ballad and then it be just like pissed off. And <laughs> yeah, doesn't make sense. So with this mm-hmm. one, it kind of was like a high energy, kind of angry, but it was still kind of poppy. So I like that's well, kind of it comes in with that energy at the yeah, course. Yeah. So I wanted something to vibe mm-hmm. on that. And sort I, of a rebellious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the feeling I got, and I was like, I'm not a super rebellious guy, but I like kind of. I think I said it right at the beginning. Like I like to speak my mind. Um, I'm pretty blunt for the most part, so it's kind of like no. that. Just, <laughs> <laughs> kind of just, and that's like kind of my like 
the way I I think like I like to be. I don't think everyone should have to be if they don't want to, but that's the way I like to look at life. Is like you say what you want, you say what you mean, and like don't be apologetic for it. Just be who you are, kind of thing. Well, if you don't let it be known, then yeah. you're gonna get lost, yeah, exactly, trampled so, over. That was kind of the main thing with on Just you know, be yourself and mm-hmm. don't like mm-hmm. be sorry for it. And uh, like it was kind of at the beginning of the writing process of our EP, or of our EP and when we were kind of getting started and wanted to kind of get our name out there so we thought like that would be a good kind of lead single it's a great mix so, of all our sounds yeah it's got yeah. The, it's got the the rock angle it's got like a breakdown in the middle yeah, of it it's, it's got super. it's it's a great song that we it was not the first one we recorded with jordan like or sorry not jordan jared yeah so that was yeah we recorded that before the ep that was like our a single, single thing so mm-hmm. that was our first recording um recording experience like with jared anyway and yeah and it was it was so much fun that song. Yeah, it was good. Songs of last. Mm-hmm. It's always still fun at the shows. People always get pretty hyped for that one because it's probably our most high energy song. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, here's hoping is the title track. Uh, what's the idea behind that one, and why did you choose that as the name of the album? Um, why did we choose that one as the? I think um, it sounded cool. It's a cool introductory EP. We really like that song because the way it builds, because it starts off so mellow and then by the end it just explodes. But I think we didn't we choose it as the name because we like we didn't want it to sound desperate, like oh, hope this works out. But we it was kind of putting ourselves out there. Yeah, as like an introductory sort of music offering, it's a good kind of it's like optimistic and hopeful, and it just kind of symbolizes like we hope that something good comes out of this not to get all mushy but here's hoping that this is a success here's hoping that we have a mm-hmm. hella good time like well, recording idea, and performing sure. music so yeah. it's definitely a good idea behind the name for it um how about habits um well, that one that was originally intended to be our first single. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. When did that one start? That was, a, was that an older one that like. Um, I was like, yeah, kind of, because we had that one. I feel like we Sorry. wrote that before, like in between Jordans. Maybe. No, no, that, no, that was a that was a that was a new one. I don't think about it because okay. I think I don't think I think we wrote it after Make a Sound. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure. Maybe because I remember it was always the first one. Yeah, I remember doing it at the hall still. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I guess that was a newer one. So that one, yeah, that one went through a lot of changes. Mm -hmm. Like we like completely changed the bridge a lot of times. Um, Lyrics for that one is just like pretty much just that person in your life that uh, like you know isn't really good for you, Mm -hmm. but you go back to them anyways. Like kind of like a drink that you kind of like you know is gonna make you sick, but you mm-hmm. have it anyways. Toxic person. So in your life. yeah, so kind of like was thinking down that line of like like a, a drink and then mixing it kind of with like a person, so like just someone who's toxic in your life and like, but like you keep going back to you know. You and we like wanted it. another mm-hmm. high energy song. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So it kind of has like a melancholy kind of vibe to the lyrics, but it's super upbeat. So mm-hmm. there's kind of some. You know, there's kind of like some optimism in it, like you know, maybe you're just meant to be with that person, kind yeah. of thing. So that's a fun one. Mm-hmm. And it also kind of speaks to how love is kind of a drug to some people, and how it's hard to step away from memories and yeah. mm-hmm. the connection, no matter how bad in the end it can be for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good example of one of our songs where Matt and Mike get to trade vocal parts for uh, the verses. Yeah. And they usually each write their own and then collab together for for those songs. Mm-hmm. And get the group vocals going. And then get the gang <laughs> vocals going. <Yeah. laughs> mm-hmm. 
Alright, we've talked about the start of Beauty Killed the Beast. Where did each of you get your start in playing music? What was your first instrument, and when did you eventually, like, at what age did you start? For me, it was in elementary school band, so grade six, I think, is when that started, or maybe the year before. Head Start, do you guys remember Head Start? I never I remember that. that. Yeah, was that grade five going into grade six? Or? Yeah. Okay, so then... Like, you ready for, like, grade six, seven? I guess yeah. it was, like, the yeah. summer going into grade six, so uh, I just I picked trumpet because it seemed easy. It only had three knobs. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I can do that. I can blow air. So, <laughs> so I went with the trumpet, and I was, like, I was okay at it. There was only four of us in the whole band, so we kind of had to do a lot of Jeez. a lot of lifting. But... Um, yeah, after the, I was always kind of eyeing the percussion people, though, and my dad knew this, because whenever we were listening to the radio, I was always locked into the drums playing along. And then, still is. <laughs> still am. And then one Christmas, he surprised me with a rent-to-own drum set from Long and McQuaid in my garage, <coughs> and uh, I never looked back. I mean, because once we got to high school, band became only available at lunch. And yeah. I was not for that at all. So um, dropped out of band, stopped playing the trumpet all together, and started taking drum lessons at Long McQuaid. And then every year I had a new teacher, and that was really starting to annoy me because it's like, oh, we made all this progress. Hit the reset button. Yeah. So after I had a really great teacher, he left because he didn't like the way Long McQuaid worked and then the way the schedule worked. So he started teaching out of his house. So I followed him. Mm-hmm started taking one hour, because it used to be half an hour, one hour private lessons at the end of his, his day so we could we could play, because I was, I don't want to brag, like I was his most advanced student. <laughs> yeah. So eventually I learned all I needed to learn from that guy, and uh, so I've, I've been playing drums for about 15 years now. Oh, cool. And, awesome. And that's where I'm chill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... I my first uh, instrument that I played was piano, so I took piano lessons for a couple years in elementary school, and then that wasn't really for me. So then I switched to drums actually. Mm-hmm. So I started taking drum lessons and playing drums and thinking like, yeah, like I love drumming. This is really like the thing for me. And then I played. I also played in band. I did percussion in band for a couple years, but then I wasn't really into that. And then once uh, I started high school, I met this one guy who played electric guitar and then so I was like oh this is really cool and then so I kind of caught on to that started playing electric guitar around I think probably the ninth grade and then that's just been my hopped around and then I found my place in the music world with the electric guitar you started electric guitar in the ninth grade yeah were you you would have only been in 10th grade then when we had that show yeah Jesus Christ aren't you you self-taught too yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, ripped, he ripped out that solo on that unoriginal song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah I, I would yeah, not have a good thought you were transition in. instrument. Yeah, that was a good like way to introduce it, like piano, because a lot of the theory and the kind of mm-hmm. disciplined like crossover to everything else. So then, yeah, electric guitar has been my instrument of choice for about yeah going on, on like eight or nine years, and then uh, I never really was into singing, but Matt always encouraged me to <laughs> sing more when we practiced and wrote. So then. Now it's, yeah, I really enjoy singing and we're trying to get it to the point where we're switching lead vocals and switching off a lot more in our songs. And so, yeah. Music for me started, I guess when I was five or six, my parents put me in piano. <laughs> so like you guys, I didn't like it, but they forced me to stick with it. <laughs> so I actually got my grade eight conservatory and spent a lot of hours learning theory and Jordan's really impressive guys (laughs) (laughs) and then I haven't really played piano much since I went to university and I didn't have any money so I couldn't buy piano and 
as a result of that, but still wanting to play music, I got a bass from my cousin for super cheap. It seemed like a good way to just, you know, do music on my own without having to shell out the cash for a nice piano. And then I started playing around with my cousin in a three-piece band in Saskatoon, and we did some shows, and then I realized, oh, this is something that, you know, I could continue to do for, for the next little while. Um, and yeah, then when I came back to Regina after We stole them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, wiped them off. <laughs> back home, and my my previous band was in another city, so that kind of fell apart. But luckily, and through my now wife and her best friend, I met Matt, and the rest is sort of history. Yep, yep, yep. Um, I started, first time I ever played an instrument was in like, like grade six, maybe. Um, that we had a teacher who was retiring that year. Um, he was our good teacher for like half the year, and then we got a new teacher for the other half of the year to take over from him. She wanted to put on like a little farewell show, so she was just asking, "Does anyone want to learn to play an instrument?" She wasn't like, "Hey, who knows how to play?" She's like, "I'll teach you guys, and we'll play a little show, like just like two songs." And I was always had always kind of been like somewhat interested in uh, like playing music. I never really wanted to do the band thing because I wasn't interested in brass. I hate like the sound of <laughs> Whatever, brass. man. Yeah. I mean, good audio for playing it, but I just like, I don't know, like maybe could have done saxophone, but yeah. it was so expensive. Yeah. Um, and the rest of them were just not interesting to me. Uh, so like I always was interested in guitar, but just never really had the opportunity. And she was like, it was actually bass that I played because they didn't have a guitar. It was just bass and singing and drums. And she asked, you know, hey, does anyone want to play the bass? And I was like, yeah, I'll do it. So she taught me how to play, I think, Smoke on the Water and Wild Thing. And those are the two songs we played. <laughs> and, like, I learned for, I don't know, like a month or something, just practicing those songs and then played, like, a show. So, like, immediately after learning to play an instrument, played a show. And was just like, this is cool. Just, like, being on the stage, everyone kind of watching, and you're just kind of in your, like, own world playing the music and just, mm -hmm. like, did, like, applause after that, like, even if you played, like, crap. Hey. <laughs> but it's just, like, that feeling mm -hmm. of being on a stage, and I was just, like, hooked. So then my mom, like, kind of noticed how much I was liking it, so she got me this Value Village $20 guitar. Like, the strings, <laughs> I swear, were, like, 12 inches away from the fretboard. And just, like, you like you could not play a chord because it was just, like, take all your finger strength to get down one freaking string. But I still, like, I played it, I learned, like, uh, what is that, 12 Nation Army? Yeah, 7, seven Nation Army. 7 Nation Army. It's like so, a good guitar to learn. Yeah, so, like, yeah. learned just, like, little bits and pieces. And I was, like, really enjoying that. And then kind of was kind of on my dad, like, hey, can you get me an electric guitar? Get me an electric guitar. And then finally for Christmas he did. And just played the crap out of that. And, like, right away started writing songs like like almost immediately it was like i'd learn like one song and then start writing like they were awful little like one string things but it was like there was no like playing for a while and then getting into writing it was like right off the hop i was wanting to write and then played guitar for a while started learning acoustic guitar because i kind of wanted to like be able to sing and play guitar because i mean you can't get the girls with just guitar usually <laughs> you gotta sing too so i was like ah, i gotta learn to sing and didn't really, I don't know if I'd say I learned to sing. I just was like, I'm just going to sing. <laughs> and, like, I think played the talent show of, like, grade 10 after having played guitar for, like, two or, two or, two or three years. And, like, barely any, like, practice singing. But I just was remember. That, was that Wonderwall? No, that was the second time. The first one I played an all-time low song, actually. Oh, okay. But forgot the words <laughs> And then had to restart. But it was that same feeling of being on stage. Like, at, like when I screwed up, I was like, 
can I start again? And everyone's just like, yeah, start again. I'm like, oh, cool. Like, everyone's just so, like, mm-hmm. an audience, like, unless, like, they're really crappy audience, is always just, like, super nice and, like, will always cheer you on. So, again, that feeling of just having that support and just made me even more excited about playing. And then, but after, like, screwing up, I was like, man, I want some other people on the stage with me <laughs> to not have that. And, like, really wanted to do the band thing. Um, so that's kind of when I started, like, pursuing Mike and then running into Brett after that. And after that, it's just kind of like history. I just wanted to play band and then found band members and we jammed. And I guess I learned piano too along the way. And I can kind of play drums a little bit. And like, I wanted to learn everything. So I actually rented a cello and a violin too at one time. <laughs> so I can like butcher those, like not well, but somewhat <laughs> play them. But yeah, that's, about, that's my start. Yeah, it all took us each a couple tries to yeah. find our instrument of yeah. choice. No, sometimes it does. I mean, I started at Recorder and ended up... With this, so. <laughs> okay, yeah, I guess I had to yeah, record it exactly. too. Yeah, right, grade four. That Hot cross buns for the win. <laughs> All right, it's been a pretty good interview so far, Matt, Mike, Brett, and Jordan. But we're going to take a little bit of a break before we get a bit more into Beauty Killed the Beast. We're going to ask them what their inspirations are in music and in life. We're going to ask him a little bit about the future of the band. And we're going to ask him a couple questions about Halloween, because you know that's coming up really soon. So hopefully you got your costumes ready and rocking. You know, here at the Desert Tiger Podcast, we're a little bit nerdy. We love our costuming, our cosplaying. As you may know, I like doing Pokemon cosplaying quite often, as I have an Ash Ketchum costume and a Team Rocket costume, but... Both of those are currently en route to Kamloops. Well, not en route yet, more so in storage, but thanks to Premier Van Lines for saving us on our move where U-Haul was actually dropping the ball pretty hard and called us with less than 24 hours before we were supposed to pick up our 16x12 trailer. That's right, a 16x12 trailer. They called us to inform us that they only had a 5x8 that just does not work on less than 24 hours notice. What are you doing, U-Haul? Are you trying to run a business? Or are you trying to run into the ground? But if you guys are costuming this year, you should let us know what you're wearing. You can either let us know what you're wearing or you can give us a spooky book for our book of the week next week. As you know, we usually do a book review of the week every Thursday here on the podcast. Last week was actually a fan suggestion where we read Watership Down by Richard Adams on our fourth episode with Alone I Walk, which released last Thursday. So you can check that out. Huge shout out to Shelby again for giving us our first fan suggestion and if you want to get at us with your costume or a book suggestion you can find us at desert.tiger.podcast at gmail.com you can hit us up on twitter at desert tiger pod you can find us on facebook at desert tiger entertainment and you can tag us in your halloween pictures on your instagram at desert tiger podcast that's right we would love to see what you're wearing for halloween and we'll probably give you a shout out if you let us know and we would love to get some spooky book suggestions maybe possibly it since i know that that's really hot right now and i've never read it so maybe give me a reason to 
maybe give me a reason to check out another author other than Stephen King, as he's really the only horror author I've actually ever read. Alright, without wasting any more of your time, let's get back into this interview with Beauty Killed the Beast. The Desert Tiger Podcast. Alright, so who are your inspirations inside and outside of music? Oh, man. Hmm. Interesting question. I don't know. Question. Musical inspiration to me is always going to be Eminem. I just look at him and listen to like read his lyrics. I just read them. And, you know, lots of times they're incredibly aggressive and stuff, but the way he puts words together and stuff reminds me almost of like the classical piano that I played. And that might sound weird, but he's just can weave a story together so effortlessly and to see somebody do that and like apply it the way that he has in his career Mm -hmm. that's something that's inspiring to me so not saying necessarily that I want to play rap music but the way I see him create his music and the way it comes together it just like there's nothing better to me and just how like the way that it flows kind of like makes you want to make music that does sort of the same thing type of thing or yeah well like when I listen to it I get such a strong emotional reaction to just about all of his songs and I don't Mm. find that there's a lot of artists that make me feel that way so that's why he's a big inspiration to me because he gets me really feeling something whether Mm -hmm. it's you know straight from the heart yeah Mm. well if we go into our individual influences Jordan is more of the the hip-hop kind of guy I'm more hard rock and metal. Matt, I guess you'd say pop, pop rock and indie. Or is that you? Mm, I'm, I'd say like alt rock and punk. Yeah. So I mean, we all we bring all of that to the table when we when we write and record. But like for influences for me, I mean, at an early age it was Metallica. I mean, Lars is kind of a joke now, but <laughs> back then he was my hero. Well, it's hard to keep up those rhythms after a couple of years, especially when you don't practice them all the time. <coughs> yeah, yeah. But that, like that was, I, I got into hard rock and metal at a very early age, and I've kind of never looked back. So that's those are my influences. Obviously, I can't play as insane as some of those guys where they're just doing blast beats for hours. But um, mm-hmm. I like I look at their fills and what and how and and how they. How they, what they bring to the table and, and that's always kind of been my inspiration and then you know occasionally I'll hear like a, a cool thing in a hip hop song they, they experiment all the times with, uh, with cool drum stuff but for the most part I'm definitely rooted in metal nice uh, I think my biggest musical influence would be Prince um, just the way he carries himself or carried himself and then his a- approach he was just so badass and had skills to boot, so he's definitely the person I look up to. And then outside of music, it's kind of, I guess, in a way, uh, involved with music too, but Donald Glover, the actor and comedian from Community and the Childish Gambino, because he's just good at everything, and it's kind of... He's he's, he's multi-talented. He applies his craft at everything, and he gives it 100%. And he just kind of makes you mad because he's just like <laughs> seems so effortless and you just wish you'd be able to do that but he's yeah great he's, actor too oh he's I'm sure awesome, inside so. he's screaming some days but yeah, <laughs> big so. shout out to Donald Glover for being hella talented woo woo yeah <laughs> you watched Atlanta oh yeah it's, yeah it's great um for me I guess probably like pop punk was pretty prevalent 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 no kind of when I started playing uh, electric guitar so that was right away what I started learning I think the first song I learned on uh, electric guitar was Taking Back Sunday, so 
um, I can't remember what it was called, but that was that was my big influence as well, like playing like um, All Time Low and My Chemical Romance and that kind of stuff. Not like super complicated guitar by any means, but mm-hmm. just like very fun. Yeah, fun and high energy, like stuff that like you could learn without sitting at the guitar necessarily for mm-hmm. hours on end. Um, I still did because it wasn't that great to start off with. But it was just really fun, like to like jam along with it. I'd just play the song like super loud and just jam along with it. Um, and my sisters hated that. They'd come home from school and just be like, "Turn off that shitty music!" Because <laughs> yeah, let me stop. But it was that was my big influence was those kind of bands, and obviously that kind of turned into what I write now. But then I guess also singer songwriter stuff. Like once I got an acoustic guitar, uh, I learned like Jack Johnson songs and. Um, uh, like Drive by Incubus and like just any kind of song that was like a singer-songwriter song so I guess that's where my kind of songwriting influences came from just that kind of bare basic kind of stuff so and that mm-hmm. kind of kind of mixed over to have pop-punk singer-songwriter yeah and then outside of music I don't know if I'd really say I have any I don't yeah I couldn't really think of one yeah, <laughs> so that's no, why I just can't yeah, that's fair <laughs> never been asked that question before yeah. No, it's okay. A lot of people have actually asked that question, get com- caught completely off guard, and have no idea what to answer because they never expect it. It's yeah. frustrating because, like, I know there is outside influences that like influence our music. Yeah. Well, it's just... <laughs> 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 Number one. <laughs> awesome. Um, what is the future of Beauty Killed the Beast? Take over the world. Full <laughs> <laughs> night. CD recording. Yeah, that that's nice. next. Yeah, we've been yeah. working on a lot of new songs that I think we're all pretty excited about. So yeah. getting those tightened up and playing them in front of people and getting a full length CD would be a goal for me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, don't hear, we don't talk that much about like future future plans, um, but I don't think any of us like have any plans to not continue. Like yeah. whether mm-hmm. or not we, it's more like getting milestones right now. Yeah. Like, Full-length album. We're playing our first show outside of Regina and Weyburn at the end of the month, so that was a that was a big thing for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I like I know we'd all love to do this as a profession, and I mean, knock on wood, hopefully that can happen someday. But I think we'll be playing and making like new music and recording and packing together, regardless of that. Like even if it's just yeah. local shows or whatever. For I mean, forever. Hopefully that's not the case. I think we'll still be playing, so it's just more of keep doing what we love, keep recording and playing new music, and maybe eventually talk about like going on tour or something if we find that like there's enough draw, yeah, demand for that kind of thing, and we can take the time off. That'll be eventually the next step after probably recording on a CD, but mm-hmm. it'd probably be worthwhile for you guys because Alberta and BC have a lot, of yeah, a lot more for people. your type of music, and so does Ontario and Montreal. Yeah, if yeah. you guys ever do end up coming out to BC, you should definitely give me a show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'll end up putting you on on out Podcast. on Kamloops. Two Yeah, we could do that too. Plus, I could put you guys on for a show out in Kamloops. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be awesome. Possibly even hook you up with Kelowna and Prince George. That would be yeah, I think phenomenal. Overall, for 2018 for us, it's really going to be important to try and get our name out there and you know get more people aware of who mm-hmm. we are, especially in Regina and area, and start yeah. branching out. Then, because I mean. That's what we're gonna need to see. I feel like before we want to. Yeah. It's, ever since we put out, up. ever since we put out our EP at the beginning of the year, it's just been. Upswing. It's been good to make connections with other bands and just make connections with the kind of local venues around town. We're just really enjoying where we're at, like performing, 
Not going to lie, that's why I kept putting you guys on shows. So I could <laughs> help you make a lot of connections with people out of town. And, <laughs> and I'm good gl- to have. I'm glad we got to play with you guys, too. I'm glad you got to play with us before I got injured and had, ended up moving. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, by the time you guys end up coming out there, I'll have a band, a new band. going. I can start playing in January. Actually, oh, I already have some how, people how lined up. Again? Until January. Oh, gross. But I already have some people lined up to possibly play with out in Kamloops already. Jeez. So awesome. it's been Bonnet a week, connections. right? <laughs> it's been a week that I've known and I'm already all in. Nice. Uh, how has being from small town Saskatchewan affected your music and your lives? Well, it's certainly not the scene for <laughs> our music all the time out here. That's one thing. We have to drag people to, like our yeah. friends to our shows sometimes because they'd rather do nothing. But um, for me, I just wanted to play rock music and I'm tired I don't like the way the music industry is going and how it's it's kind of leaving that behind <laughs> so well yeah because I mean I work in radio and I see it every day people just want to hear pop music that they made in a computer so I wanted to just keep rock alive and you know I, I grew up in White City so it wasn't even like super super small town compared mm-hmm. to some of the others around here but for me like I said I just I wanted to play rock music and I wanted to keep that spirit alive and put some of that frustration into my playing mm-hmm. for sure mm-hmm. yeah um i guess the being from small town i'll go well, i guess you technically not small town jordan where'd oh, you grow you're up small city aren't but you? close small enough city. i mean my family was a farming family so I spent all my summers okay. out of so small stones town. but i would say that influenced us like kind of having that close-knit uh like small town feeling like we're not just bandmates you know feel like mm-hmm. in a bigger city there's lots of bands that are just bandmates you know they get together for practice and that's probably all they do and then their shows but we kind of like we have that we're like a family as well like we'll get together outside of bed like we'll have nights where we get together and just hang out like we're not doing anything with music mm-hmm. but i think that's pretty indicative of like a lot of a lot of people in in this part of the world i know like with my softball team for example it kind of feels that way too being small town you know we get together because this is all my friends right in yeah. summer and so with our with with beauty kill the beast i mean we're all friends outside of it it just kind of seems natural that we would be doing things other than just band stuff with each other mm-hmm. and, and that's how i feel about a lot of my different friend groups here and it's to me, another thing about the small town is you never know who you're going to see and, and how they're connected to you. So there's a guy that I used to play hockey with as a kid that I really liked, and it turns out he's a great friend of Brett's. Yeah. And I was looking for a new <laughs> hockey team this year, and he... He's a neighbor know, of mine, actually, now. Yeah, and so, you know, I, we, I ran into him when he came to one of our shows and kind of rekindled that friendship, and then now I've got a new hockey team. So, I mean, that, that's sort of the small town feel to me is you never know who you're going to see around here you know, at a show or in, in the business. Yeah. So as far as that, like this positive influence of being a small town, like for that. Um, but then on the negative side, it's definitely not the scene here. Like it's pretty much, I mean, mostly kind of country. country. And then if not country, then probably like pop kind of the EDM, mm-hmm. which is just mm-hmm. what's popular. I mean, even we listen to that too. Yeah. But it's definitely like, there's a, a very small kind of tight knit, kind of pop punk whatever you want to say group the scene mm-hmm. here took a dive about 10 years ago yeah. and it's just starting <clears throat> is when they try and when make they a canceled, um rock in the valley too for me yeah it's a uh, rock in the valley and then the city lost like three or four of its bigger bands in the alternative slash hardcore slash pop punk like scene and it really hurt 
the scene a lot, and it shows. I yeah. vividly mm-hmm. remember waiting to be old enough to go to Rock in the Valley, and then yeah. they, and then it became Craven Country, and I was like, you got to be kidding me. Oh, I had the exact same <laughs> feeling, so I know exactly where you were. It was like Evanescence was the last year oh, that they man. had it, and I was <laughs> so like, oh, man, I hope they bring someone that, cool like that next year, and then just like, <laughs> no, Craven. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, I think... Oh, Country Thunder. Yeah, whatever yeah. it's called. Though. Not whoop whoop. <laughs> I think the small town background just kind of forced us to really like push ourselves even harder and play well and write good stuff just because the scene is so small. It's just and so much more difficult to make an impact. So I think that small town background really had an effect on it and made us really have something it, to prove. Yeah, like just work that much harder can't get by on just like people wanting to see that kind of music and happening to be playing that music like you have to actually be good Mm -hmm. because people are and entertaining to watch yeah like people aren't gonna come there's not gonna be enough people coming out to show just because they want to hear that type of music you have to kind of like be good enough that they're like oh I like this band not Mm -hmm. that type of music so it's definitely harder but maybe makes us better in the end well, that's it, is it makes you have to push a little bit harder, and then once you end up getting to other places, it makes people a lot more impressed at the fact that you were able to break yeah. out of the smaller scene, because yeah. I know that that was something for us in Almost Alien, is like people in BC were super impressed that there was like a pop-punk band from our region yeah. that was on the touring level. So it's it, is it's like there's people out there that have a ton of respect from bands out there with our your type of style mm-hmm. it's just you have to find them and they're really easy to find once you can get out there so i hope that you guys really do thank you um what are your interests outside of music well for me it's number one movies. <laughs> <laughs> i mean for my job I, I i go to the theater once a week and and review a movie friday morning and apart from that i'm always i just all my life i've been fascinated by filmmaking and, and I, I i watch it more to study and to get involved with. I don't just watch it for base entertainment, but other than that, um, you know, going out for like we, we get together and play board games quite often because we all love, we all love that, <laughs> um, and just the regular stuff, you know, like go to the gym and be outside outdoors. But other, like I, I do practice drums quite quite regularly whenever my girlfriend leaves the house because <laughs> you can't really do anything else while I'm playing and my mom went through that and now she gets to but <laughs> so honestly like music is a big part of my life but um, especially with my job too so I'm always tapped in but I do like to break free obviously to clear my head once in a while mm-hmm. um, when I'm not playing music I'm either doing nothing all day with my girlfriend <laughs> watching Netflix um, I also really like movies too so I try to see all the big movies that I'm interested in. And I'm a business student at the U of R, so working on getting my degree in the meantime. Fair enough. Yeah, outside of music, I don't know, I try to keep busy. I find if I catch myself with too much time on my hands, I get a little stir-crazy. So I like to play hockey. Um, I'm trying to build a really fast streetcar. <laughs> but getting married and buying a house in the last years meant there wasn't a lot of money towards that. Um, I also am a pretty avid snowboarder and I try to get away to the mountains priorities you can sleep in a really fast car right <laughs> right I know that's what I try to explain to, to my wife like hey we can we can live in this car we can't drive, <laughs> drive away from it once you've been married park it and you're good just get, find a campsite and $400 a month yeah so yeah moving forward next year I'm definitely going to spend a lot more time working on my car but um, music is 
obviously a huge priority to me and, and I really want to get a piano and start getting back into that because I haven't I haven't spent a lot of time doing that lately and that's something that I spent a lot of time doing as a kid and fought my mom all through the years I don't want to do this I don't want to go to piano lessons and all along she's just like yeah you say that now but I guarantee you you'll thank me later and me being the stubborn kid I was oh this is stupid I hate this I'm going to hockey with my friends and and now I mean I'm the most thankful in the world that she put up with all the crap that my brother and I gave her because I wouldn't have traded that for the world so getting back in the piano would be good I was like the opposite my mom was like you should play hockey with your friends and I'm just like no piano (laughs) (laughs) no you can play hockey get out of the house just be an introvert (laughs) please um, for me, pretty similar to Brett, like, I really like getting together with friends and playing games and that kind of thing, and also, same thing, like, I love playing music, like, when my girlfriend's out of the house, that's, like, game on. 90% <laughs> of the time, that's what I'm doing, so even if it's not band stuff, like, acoustic guitar, or piano, or whatever, just mess around, but that's, like, that is the, like, the big thing, but other than that, I guess, like, other hobby would be, like, reading, I really like reading, I read a lot of books. Um, and like going to chapters and just like looking at books brings me joy. It's pretty lame. Me and my girlfriend will go and like literally just pick out books that we haven't like like the cover of pretty much. Well, that's how it goes. Just a book by covers, and then just have this big pile of books, and then just like kind of read through a little bit of each one, and then like end up getting like six books, and then <laughs> we have this bookshelf filled with books we haven't read. But yeah, so that, that's the big thing is reading. Well, there's a library book sale coming up this weekend. Library books totally sale. Hit. They sell off their full stock, and they do like if you have one of those large grocery bags, they're you can full, fill it for they like sell five everything? bucks. They don't sell everything; they just sell the stuff that they're phasing out. Huh. Yeah, like the Virginia Public Library. Yeah, like literally, if you had been here a week ago, like all this was full of books and shit. And you donated yeah. it or kept it? Oh, it's all in boxes right now. Oh, okay, we are not <laughs> donating our books. No. <laughs> we are the same way. We went to a sale like a. What, like a month ago and bought like 156 Holy. items? Yeah. yeah. We're, 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 okay, about so bad now. We're, we're about the reading. We're about the reading because, like, I do a There's book review on Thursday no. shows on the podcast, too. So, yeah. Yeah. So, you guys uh, have a Halloween show coming up soon. What are your best Halloween costumes as adults and when you were kids? Um, as kids, uh, I had a Power Rangers costume. Me too. Me too. Like, oh, were you the Red Ranger? <laughs> I think I was the Green. Ooh. I had the, 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 oh, the, the shoulder, shoulder pad. pad thing too. Both are Bad cool house. options. Yeah. yeah. So that was a pretty dope one. I was pretty happy about that because I was dragon sword. super... Okay. Sure. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I had a gun. But yeah, that was a big thing because I think that was like the first movie I saw. In, well, no, maybe Star Wars was the most favorite first movie I saw in theaters. Maybe the second Phantom movie. Menace? No, the old one. It was oh, like a reshow. Oh, awesome. Nice. Um, but I think the otherwise was the first one was Power Rangers. <laughs> Phantom Menace where the... <laughs> and I know you're an adult and it's yeah, up at all. I agree. Yeah, <laughs> yeah adult one uh, was LMFAO. Me and a couple friends dressed up as... Um, Red Foo and Sky Blue and the robot from the music video. I ran into him at the bar and I thought he was the guy. Yeah, <laughs> it looks like so it much was, like him. It was the, like the year when like they were like huge mm-hmm. and like I actually it was pretty lame. But like the video from uh, Party Rock Anthem, I actually got like a like seamstress to make me the jacket for it. It looked huh. amazing. So it was like it was literally like it was spot on. Like I had like an afro wig and the glasses and like grew up my facial hair to what he had and. When we like we did a pub crawl that year, and like actually every not every but a couple of the bars when we went into like 
the DJ like announced us. They were like, like they didn't know like, we were coming, but we we got there. Like, oh, I'm in the house, and then started playing the songs, and like people would come up and take pictures. their pictures with us. Huh? And it was just like, whoa, this is cool. Like we weren't expecting that. We were just doing because we liked it. But then it was just like this crazy night of like almost being famous. So that was definitely a fun one. Phony. As a kid, I had a sick Harry Potter costume. <laughs> My mom was. I don't know, I guess from being from the f- a farm kid, she was much more interested in, like, making anything she could, but she went, like, all out on this thing. Like, this, the cape had big, long sleeves that all had, like, gold-lined fabric on the inside and had a glass wand. Um, and then, at that point in my life, I had these sick, like, super round glasses <laughs> that looked like Harry Potter glasses anyways, so... Did you do the lightning bolt? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that was a good kid one, and then... The most fun I had as an adult with the Halloween costume was me and my buddy went as Terry and Diener from FUBAR. Oh, nice. I think, was, I think it was around like when FUBAR 2 came out. But, yeah. Um, I obviously cannot grow great facial hair, but <laughs> I had a super awesome like stick-on mustache that I <laughs> was enjoying a lot. Um, and yeah, that whole costume cost me like $9 because we got these weird old Calgary Flames jackets from Value Village that were just a little bit too small. And Value Village is excellent. Just, yeah. you know crappy jeans so I didn't really have to worry about wrecking anything when I was growing up uh, I was really obsessed with the book and the movie Holes when they came out so I went as Caveman from Holes and my mom sold me like the orange jumpsuit and I got like all the accessories so I went as Caveman from Holes and I was really proud of that Halloween costume and I don't really have any good ones of note from when I was an adult. What? Dead well, mouse. mouse. That's yeah. when I was in high school. That's oh, that's that's okay. a, I'll, I'll count that. Okay, yeah. So when I was we'll in high school, I went as dead mouse, and I handmade like my own dead mouse mask with paper mache and felt. It looked and incredible. Yeah, it was, like, it was legit. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I actually did see it that year, and it was fantastic. There's a couple <laughs> photos still. Yeah, there's one probably on Facebook. Walking somewhere. around on social media <laughs> that you can find. And I was... Yeah, that was... My favorite, just the process of making it and then going out and people being like kind of impressed by it. That was made it worthwhile. That was awesome. Uh, for me as a kid, kind of similar to Jordan's mom, my mom liked to make costumes and she made uh, a Barney costume. <laughs> <laughs> and it actually, I just found out last night because we had our Thanksgiving that it actually passed down to a couple of my cousins. So it got four years worth. Is Barney years. still a thing? I don't know. <laughs> I have no, no idea. Way. I don't know, maybe. But so that <laughs> costume Barney is still a thing? Yeah. Oh wow. What? Okay. More you know. <laughs> and then for adults, I mean I have one from high school which was pretty good because I just was like, this is gonna be hilarious. So I have red hair, so I'm a ginger, so I literally just put a couple of bread bags on my arm <laughs> and, and a, a I made a piece of like toast out of like styrofoam, put it on my forehead and just went to a party as a gingerbread man and everyone <laughs> loved it. <laughs> it was That's super fantastic. it was super easy. <laughs> and then uh two years ago or so I'm I'm a big horror guy, horror mm-hmm. movies. So I like to scare people. So I went as a ventriloquist dummy. I found this amazing mask at uh, Party City for like eight dollars and I had an old um, severed arm decoration so my mom and I made a rig so that it was sticking out of the back of my suit so it looked like I, I ripped off the arm of my puppeteer and was running around free so that was probably the coolest costume I've ever, I've ever come that up with that is super cool Yeah. alright do you guys plan on dressing up for your upcoming Halloween show yeah definitely are can you let me know or is that a surprise 
it's still, still undecided. Yeah, still deciding. <laughs> and probably even if we did decide it, it would probably be a surprise. That's fair enough. That's yeah, fair we're enough. definitely dressing it. Yeah. We got it. All right. Well, that's good to hear. I'm kind of sad that I'm going to be missing the yeah, show. Yeah, too bad. But that's it. I have one last question for you before we wrap it up. Uh, what is your favorite? Favorite scary movie? My favorite horror movie, which is also very scary, is John Carpenter's The Thing. Okay. It is um, just a flawless movie to me. The, the practical effects are amazing. The fact that it's so suspenseful and filled with paranoia, because it's literally just about a bunch of dudes in like isolated in uh, I think the Arctic and there's this creature that can manipulate and look like one of them it can copy them so they never know in the room who's actually still human or who's been assimilated by the thing so the whole the whole movie you're just on edge and there's some great scares some great jumps they actually um, re-released it in theaters like last year and Mike and I went and checked it out because I just I love it I've seen it so many times so that's definitely my favorite horror movie and it's it's very scary nice yeah yeah to echo what Brett said I love the thing that's one of my all time favorites and John Carpenter in general like the original the original Halloween is one I love and then more recently uh, the new uh, adaptation of It that just came out yeah. is super awesome yeah. I was really satisfied I haven't with seen it yet oh, I'll it's, go see it it's great it's funny too I actually heard that from a band from Philadelphia recently too. It's probably more funny than scary, but it's just a blast. That's exactly what he said. He's like, "Oh, I went, I laughed, my, I laughed so hard, and it was just like, what, yeah, really? It's really funny. <laughs> it's it's kind of like Stand by Me, that sort of coming of age, like kid banter mixed with like a demonic clown coming and killing people. So yeah." I'm interested in Jordan's answer. <laughs> Jordan's like, I'm also interested. Yeah, I'm struggling to think. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pass because I'm not really much of a movie guy. I can't even think of the last dedicated horror movie I watched. I don't know. I don't really watch a lot of movies. What about Scream? I don't, I've never seen Scream. I'll even accept scary movies. I was gonna say, I don't think scary My favorite scary right, movie is Scary that. Movie One. <laughs> yeah, I, it is the best one for sure. <laughs> I remember being really afraid of the Jason movies when I was a kid. Friday the 13th. Yeah. My dad or somebody, my cousins would watch them and then I'd always leave whenever Jason came around. So I'll have to say my my scariest scary movie would be any of the Friday the 13th. <laughs> there you go. Um, I'm a little bit kind of in between, like, Brett to Jordan. Like, I watch a lot of movies, but I don't watch a lot of horror movies. I'm the same boat, so I can understand yeah. that. I try to so, recommend some. Yeah, Brett definitely, like, pretty much the only time I watch horror movies is either if, like, Brett has been like, this is so good, you have to watch it, or he, like, just has, like, invited me and I'm not doing anything, or another friend is like, hey, there's a horror movie, we gotta go. But, um, I guess I would say between two, it would either be, um, like, It Follows from a couple yep. years ago. It was very, that was fantastic. That was a fun one. Um, and, like, kind of, like, a different vibe, and the, the soundtrack was so... It's unsettling. Yeah, super eerie and just, like, weird, but, like, very good. Um, and then other than that would be probably Cabin in the Woods, just because it was just such, so fun, and like, I didn't really know what to expect from it, and it was just like, I was like laughing half the time, and like, I'm not really, yeah, it wasn't really a scary one, I guess, which is part of the reason I like it, like, I don't really love horror, like, It Follows isn't, I wouldn't, I don't know if you could even consider it horror, it's almost more thriller. I'd consider it horror, because yeah. there's, a, there's like, a monster that's, coming yeah. after That's that. why I like Cabin in the Woods, just because it's more, like, it's got the horror elements, but it's more funny. So. What about you, Colton? 
I haven't watched a horror movie in a really long time, to be honest. Yeah, well, um, as a kid, because like as a kid, I was terrified of Gremlins. <laughs> what? I love that movie. As a kid, because my yeah, parents didn't warn me what it was. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was too, and the very last sure. line of that movie was burned into my brain. It says, "Next time you hear a noise in your house, look under all the beds, <laughs> look in the cupboards, because you never know it oh, could be really? a gremlin in your you're house." Like, and I'm like, oh, that and I'm seven, too. and oh. I'm like, oh. <laughs> so you're like, this movie called Gremlins. What could this be about? My parents <laughs> just put it on. They said, "Watch this." Oh. Like, I, I didn't. Like, oh, these cute little. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> just throw you in head first. Yeah, yeah there's that one. Freaking E.T. scared the crap out yeah. of me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there's parts in E.T. Yeah. E.T. didn't really scare me too much. It was like, I had a couple things. Like, I can't remember which movie it was, but it had the Tooth Fairy. Oh, uh, Darkness Falls? Yeah, that yeah. one scared the crap out of me. Yeah, they, made, they made the Tooth Fairy a villain. <laughs> that's not cool. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> Yeah, I was like, oh, great. Now I don't want to put teeth under my pillow. I was like, screw $2. She might try and kill me. Yeah. <laughs> I want to live. I want to live. You guys ever see, like, those Ernest movies? I oh, never have. I like, Ernest, 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 Ernest Scared Stupid. Ernest Scared Stupid no, terrified me. When I was a kid. I've never seen them. It's like Ernest and it's a Halloween based, and there's these trolls that come to I life to town. Like saved by true love or something. And there's the trolls spoiler. look so scary. <laughs> and I remember I couldn't watch that movie unless I sat next to my mom. But, yeah. Alright, well I think that's all for today, so thanks for joining me. Thanks for having us. Thank you. No problem at all. Alright, huge shout out to Matt, Mike, Brett, and Jordan of Beauty Killed the Beast for joining me here on the Desert Tiger Podcast for episode 5. Love those guys a lot, and I hope you check them out. As they said, you can find them on social media, where you can also find us. You can find us on Facebook at Desert Tiger Entertainment. You can find us on Twitter at Desert Tiger Pod. And you can find us on Instagram and tag us in your spooky Halloween costumes at Desert Tiger Entertainment. I hope you guys enjoyed this Tuesday's bonus show. And I hope you're looking forward to Thursday where we're going to have Bellevue out of Calgary, Alberta. Whoop whoop. So if you are a returning listener or a new listener, thank you once again for tuning in to the desert tiger podcast you can find us here every thursday and we like to throw bonus episodes every once in a while at you like today on tuesdays so you can find us on itunes where you can rate and review us you can also find us on google play music and the stitcher app where you can also rate and review us on stitcher and i hope that you please please do give us a Five star, cough five star, if you wouldn't mind. That would help us out a lot, and we would have mad love for you. Because the more love you give us, the more ability we have to get bigger stars and bigger people on the podcast. So help us help you get entertained. All right, that's about all we have on the podcast for today, my friends. And we're going to get back to another quote of the week, as I once promised we would do, but I've only given you one so far. So we're going to start that again here with episode five. And the difference between everything you could be and everything you are comes down to the smallest details. That is a quote by Andy Frisella. 
I hope you guys have a fantastic Tuesday, and I hope you have a very spooky week leading up to Halloween. The Desert Tiger Podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review. iTunes, Google Play Music, and Stitcher. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Thanks for listening.